Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 back underway. Third day edition. Here the fell headlines, both from Outkick.com with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. The casting crew. Pax, sixth and Peabody with us each and every day. David Reed is the chairman of the board. We're here with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to be with you guys, as always. You sound better. Thanks. You sound better. Thanks. What'd you do? Uh, nothing. Just slept. Strict voice rest. <laughs> I told, put him on. His told my family I would not be speaking to them last night. <laughs> voice rest. And feeling a little better. Good. Like, things are going crazy. You look great. Back. In Thanks. Nashville, Tennessee, Thanks. where we live. <laughs> Please tell me tell me something else you guys like about me. You like this shirt I'm wearing today? I, I do. do. That's one of my favorite shirts yeah. of yours. Mine too. But I've got Thanks, to move Paul. on to a crisis going on okay. in Nashville. Let's Before, hear it. Uh, there's world crisis, which I understand. Yeah. But in Nashville, Tennessee, in Williamson County of Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, we're letting kids out of school early yet again for rain. My kids being let out of school an hour early. Now, other, other schools, elementary schools, they stagger the time that school starts. So, you know, elementary school, middle school, high schools are let out, start and are let out at different times so that the buses can be Pick used. Up, yeah. yeah. But he's let out early um, so that other buses that run later can be finished by dark because it's going to continue to rain and there'll be some flooding, which leads me to wonder if the headlights on the buses don't work. I mean, you can't repeatedly let kids out of school early because it's raining. We live in a society where we're equipped for rain. If you see a flooded area in front of you, you slow down. I mean, I understand serious, serious flooding is a big problem. But I don't understand why we're anticipating serious, serious flooding. We were anticipating serious stuff last week, and it was rain. And today, it's going to be rain. We're just so panic-stricken by rain. It's all about liability. I'm telling you, it is if one bus slides off the road, they are so afraid that that child's parent, if someone's hurt or, or God forbid, killed, will sue the school board and the, the school system for everything they have. I, I'm not into sacrificing any children by no means, <laughs> but I just do not see this huge danger. Maybe, I, maybe again, I said this the other day. I, Paul, I, I need agree to go with to the you. I'm just giving you the reason. And the most dangerous corners of Williamson County, which is a pretty well-to-do county. Maybe there are corners. David, you know this state better than any of us. Do I need to go to some wacky outskirt corners of Williamson Fairview. County to see things that I don't know exist near where I live? Uh, to probably see the dangers? So. Probably so. I would I would say that. But it, this is just, look, this is just the further wussification of America, if you ask me. Because when I was a kid in elementary school, they could have forecast, there will be a tornado today. There is 100% <laughs> chance of tornadoes. Go to school and get under We're your going desk. to school. Get We're going to get class. out in the hallway. And Mr. Russell Stevenson is going to tell me to get out there and put that Halt Mifflin math book over my head. He also told me that's the only use I would ever have for math was to put that <laughs> over my head to protect me in a tornado drill. Now they send kids home if it starts to sprinkle too heavy. 
So I just don't get it. Remember the days, Reed will remember these days, where the old saying was, nowhere safer to be than that school building. Get, get, a tornado exactly. building. get in the inside right? always. You're surrounded by concrete. You can get in the middle of that building. A lot safer than your home. None of that anymore. They purposely built our elementary school with no windows because they thought it was going to be hit by a tornado and, and we were going to be want, there. And they didn't want you daydreaming. <laughs> we, no, we didn't want to get hit by shrapnel. In, that was in it. In 2022, it's you kids are on your own. You <laughs> get to your homes. You get to your shanties if needed, whatever it takes. David Reed decked out in Preds gear tonight. They are hosting the Dallas Stars, but it's a big story locally because the Predators are retiring the jersey, uh, the number uh, for 35, Pecorine, it's the first jersey retirement, number retirement in Predators team history. That goes down tonight at Bridgestone Arena. A great occasion. Do we know if his banner will be close to the regular season Western <laughs> Conference winner banner? So I'll give the Preds some credit here. Not on the regular conference, regular season Western <laughs> Conference banner. They've been a little banner happy with team achievements. But this is the first player to have their number retired and it's post-retirement, unlike <laughs> My a certain Chris. city to the west of us from Nashville and Memphis where the Grizzlies retired Zach Randolph's number, jersey, whatever, while he was playing for, I believe, the Sacramento Kings <laughs> yeah. at the time yeah. when the Kings came what to town. What a party it was when they so came back. So let me salute the Preds Doing it for not properly. being overly happy with, with uh, retiring jerseys. that They're a relatively young franchise, too. Saving it for a guy like Pekka Rene, who absolutely deserves it. Absolutely. And waiting till he's retired. And a big weekend for them playing yeah. tonight. Uh, speaking of this rain, you want to talk about who this rain is wreaking havoc on. They're trying to put down ice at Nissan Stadium for a game Saturday. It's late morning, right? It's 11 o'clock face-off? That has got to be a tricky project right now in a downpour to get ice ready for skating on Saturday late morning. I am driving in this morning and looking around this rain and this weather, and it's like 38 degrees and rain. I mean, it's the worst possible weather. It, it's it's oh, cold. It's it's just oh, is it 6:30? It's just warm enough to not snow, right? Like it's cold rain. It's the worst. And I'm thinking, I'd have a hard time getting excited about anything outdoors this weekend. And oh, there's a big stadium series game in Nashville this weekend with the Preds. Supposed to have a break. In the, supposed to have the break in the rain on Saturday. That's been the forecast for over a week, and it still looks like. Like that's going to be the case, and I was. Um, but what's the ice like? Is is the reason to turn that game on? I, well, they I have think for uh, a lot of America. They have the the NHL has the, all of their equipment in here. Um, they they brought in refrigerator trucks that are dedicated to run coolant to the rink and make sure the ice is NHL worthy. Um, and apparently, they can lay that down pretty easily and still keep the ice covered while doing so. So, but we've seen some tough ones. What was the one in Chicago? I think was oh, yeah. less than ideal. That's yeah. part of the fun of the of the deal. Uh, so, not for the predator's sake, but I, I think as a TV viewing experience, I'd kind of like to see it not great. I don't know. I I don't want to see it. I don't want to. I, I don't need a slushy that they're skating on. I'd rather see these dudes get after it. Um, instead of be hindered, I, I don't want it to look like the Washington Commanders Stadium with the turf uh, that, for whatever reason, the NFL allows to continue to look and, and make the league look like an atrocity every time they play. I think that you're really attempting to shine up a turd if you think of this weather as anything positive. <laughs> What's yeah. going on in Nashville right now cannot be good for everything around that stadium, for the field, for whatever they're putting down, for everything. You just hope that it's fine on the whole day. You know, getting ready for that game because right now it's it's awful. Well, the tickets we were talking about are costly enough that 
Uh, I don't know how many people say, well, not going. Multiple teams, uh, hitting some of the sports headlines, multiple teams are reportedly interested, remain interested in Deshaun Watson, currently the Texans quarterback, um, without the civil cases being settled. This according to Pro Football Talk. And he faces 22 overall cases, nine of those being criminal cases. Uh, the judge earlier this week ruled that he could give his deposition on the civil cases, not the ones that are going to uh, the, the criminal courts. Um, but if he gets the nine criminal cases settled in the near future, it's like, according to the report, it's likely that a trade would go down this offseason. That goes back to a point I was attempting to make on Monday, and that, that is this is an offseason where the Texans are happy to unload his contract because they immediately go to the front of the pack, not the front, but among the, the best teams with cap space just by moving him. It's not like a $10 million payment this year. It goes up substantially, and you know he's not going to be back with you. You got to find a trade partner, and it's time to move on. You've already been through the purgatory for one season. You're likely hitting it again, and you'd like some cap space in order to actually sign free agents for longer than one year. Yeah, and Lovey Smith was, uh, you know, asked about the quarterback position. He said it's the one position I'm not thinking about because Davis Mills is our quarterback, and we're thrilled with how he he uh, closed the season. Um, They'll save twenty four point two million in a pre June first trade. You know, it's also what, and they already have. I think what, significant what jumps out money. to me about this: not a single NFL team is saying we're not going to employ that guy because of the accusations. Just get it. Just get it cleaned up. Just pay off the women, and we'll trade for you. It's funny how the business works. Well, they that feel way. also he served his time in purgatory. Well, it's it's worse you know, to I have. I think the league feels like that. It's worse to have you know at times political controversy around you in terms of teams signing you or for optics than having 24 accusers it's still of something a, horrific. It's still a But not one team has come out risk. and said we would never employ that guy based well, on these accusations. That's you're why you're that, not at a point where you can talk about him. Well, it depends. It depends um, what, the, what the asking price is. Well, and it's look, risk it's, versus reward. It's here. a lot about his talent, obviously. Talent wins out more than anything else. But, Paul, in other instances, we would hear of reports – I know of a handful of teams that would not touch Deshaun Watson, even if this gets cleared up this offseason. Well, I also Because think, of that, we I, would be hearing about that. Yeah, We're not hearing any of there that. There may be some, Chad, but I think the thing is, right now, nobody wants to eliminate anything. It takes away some leverage. If you're in the market for one of these other quarterbacks, you want everybody to believe that you're in on all of these quarterbacks. Well, but if, you're, if you are... Let's use Miami for the example. If you have Tua, which is, you know, you're... You've got a new head coach. You have, and I, I know that it was Flores who was in on him, Watson, I'm saying, but I, I'm using him as an example of the quarterback. You're on the fence there. You've got a new head coach coming in, and the way he views the quarterback situation will certainly dictate them moving forward how they go about planning for the future or getting the most out of the current guy they have. If, you, if the asking price is low, and the, there's there's minimum risk involved in the future of your franchise to acquire Deshaun Watson. If you end up acquiring him and these cases are ruled in his favor, well, now you've got a considerable upgrade for not much of an asking price. And if they're not in his favor and he gets suspended, you're not out the bankroll that it's going to take in the draft in order to get him. Like So I, I think it almost takes a... A team that's kind of half in with their quarterback to order to to 
get the deal that makes sense. Because if you if you don't have your franchise quarterback, and everyone knows it, and there are a lot of teams this offseason who could have a new quarterback starting for them. Uh, not half the league, but nearly half the league is listed. And we'll get into that later in the show. But point being, Paul, um, if you're extremely needy, the, ask, the asking price goes up. And if you can, you know, and, and then that's where the risk well, is involved with acquiring it. When is the point of no return, we've got to do something for the Texans? June 1st. Because we know the, the whole time the Texans are, can we please hurry up these proceedings? One way or the other. Can we get some clarity so we can deal this guy for the ransom that we want for a, a great top five, top ten quarterback in the league? Um, yeah. But if it goes up to that date and it doesn't look like we're going to have any clarity anytime soon right now, then do you sell lower You know, if, that, if you're Houston? That's, that's I, the question. And I don't disagree and I, with I think you have McClain. to. Well, one of the things you th- want to yeah, know exactly. from the league is what kind of potential suspension there could be and I get the that's sense a hard, from but that's that's McClain, my point. At some point, the Texans are going to have to just they swallow their time, pride time and say, served. "All right, we're not getting much in return for him, but we got to get rid of the guy. We got to get him off the books." And then the other team is saying, "Yeah, we're going to give you not much because we don't know if it's going to be a well, year-long suspension." Define not much, and I I think the league could well say time served. Uh, that Houston doled out the suspension. You know, it depends on what comes out here. What suspension? There's, there's a variety. That, that, that Houston doled out quote-unquote punishment by not playing him for a year, and the league not, gets away with they that. They paid him. They paid him to in To not do anything. I, I agree. I mean, he faced but no But the league got away with this easy. The league never had to say a word about anything because Houston chose to handle it, quote-unquote, handle it in-house. I think it's insanely ridiculous if the league doesn't suspend them for something. Based on these accusations, based on what they well, suspended guys for in the past, settled, he's not getting suspended. Well, let's uh, let's also say that if if the league hypothetically said that, I don't think they can. If they said, you know what, it, even privately, they said he set out a year, he was paid, but yeah, he couldn't play. He the guy wasn't going to play for them anyway. So the Texans were the one punished, that not Deshaun Watson. You think Watson so? refused. He was he wasn't going to report. You think if all of this is settled? He still gets suspended going forward. I'm not no, confident. He no, does. but if 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 uh, the, if the league, if the Texans knew that the league were, was not going to do anything with him, then you can deal him because the Dolphins would have traded for him last year. Right. You know, or, or some another team that is is capable of going all in and trying to get the franchise quarterback, knowing that he's not going to face a suspension. I think the Dolphins, if I'm remembering correctly, inquired with the league. Yes. If they traded for him, would he be suspended? And they wanted and the him to settle. Was, Remember that the reports were they wanted McLean the Texans, told us that. The, the Dolphins wanted him to settle. Yes. Did they get an answer from the league as to what kind of punishment there would be? I think they did not get an answer from the league. The league wouldn't go there. And that, that it's all fascinating, but but I'm I'm a bit surprised with the report that there are multiple teams still willing to deal for him. I think they're going to get a lot. I don't think they're getting well, three I, ones it, and more, but I think I they'll still get a lot. I, I mean, just don't know why right now you would have any indication before anything gets going in the courts, civil or criminal, that you're willing to give up what's been reportedly put out there that the Texans won in return for Look, him. Yeah, I don't think you'd get that indication. I think right now the phone calls are just, hey, put me on the list. Keep us in the loop. Yeah, I, I, I'm in line here. I, I'm not convinced he's going to get suspended either. I kind of agree with you, Paul, if they settle, he doesn't. But the precedent here is Ben Roethlisberger, who had one major accusation against him, 
The DA decided not to press charges against him, but yet they had enough info to suspend him for six games. Oh, because he settled. Yes. But this would be and this was, 22 This took place in May of the offseason, and he settled, and he was, he was suspended for six games. So if you're telling me if Deshaun Watson settles with 22 accusers, he's not going to get at least six games? See, I think they're – Roethlisberger I'm not settled with one right. accuser. I'm not saying it's right, but I think the league will manipulate him having not played last year into some kind of Oof. time-served situation. I just don't see how you – if I think the, you open yourself up. I don't to think a lot he's getting six games. I don't think he'll get what Ben Roethlisberger got for one settlement. I don't. To me, I, I think if you're just going by precedent, it, it, six games is sort of the the standard with the I, Ben Roethlisberger deal. I think the league also will not issue the suspension pre-trade, which is a screw for the team that's trading, and is unfair. They should absolutely. They should have this discipline ready to go. I agree. In fact, they should issue it right, uh, you know, as soon as, as soon as his, they should have it right now graded. If he gets this, he gets this suspension. If he gets this, he gets this suspension. They should have that all plotted out. I don't think they do. Well, the league also, I mean, Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. The league, just from a business standpoint, should want him with his next team. Well, and, and all and the, the penalties they out They also there. want him on the field, which is why they're yes. not going to suspend him for six games. Well, they, they don't, don't want backlash. I don't know. If yeah, what's they the want backlash him on the field number? immediately. That, that's exactly the number they're looking and, for. And, and, and that's all they care about, the optics of it, going back to what Chad's saying. But, you know, last year, I, I, do, I, I would hope that they've got a plan in place. They would have, to me, if I'm leading anything behind the scenes with the league, you've got to have a plan in place. Okay, if the Tech, this is last year, if the Texans trade this guy and one of our, one of our clubs trades away three first-round picks and a couple of other things, they're going to play him. They're going to want to play him. What do we do? They had to have had something in place. You have to be ready for that. Right, and, but and now it, they'll have more information based on well, settlements and I guess they will, but, uh, but the, if... Depositions. The, 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 what they knew, they didn't have to say anything because they knew, even prior to all this coming out, that Watson wasn't going to play for Houston. And so that, that made it easy on the league to just sit back and wait on a trade to happen if it was going to. And then past the trade deadline, they haven't had to do anything since the 1st of November. No. And Watson made out like a bandit. As we said, he was going to not show up and he wouldn't have gotten paid. Then this happened. You're right. I mean, financially, this happened. He showed up, didn't play, worked out on the side, and got $10 million. Didn't hear from him. In fact, the only thing we heard was him complaining about the cameras being pointed at him at training camp. Which was months and months ago. Some headlines across the SEC coming up. Trey Wallace about to join us. Um, some big college basketball games this upcoming weekend, including in Knoxville, as Bruce Pearl returns yet again to Thompson Bowling Arena uh, to take on uh, his former team, the, the Tennessee Volunteers hosting Auburn this weekend. We'll get into that and much more with Trey Wallace. Armando Salguero will be joining us in hour number two today. That will be at 3.20 Central, 4.20 Eastern. Looking forward to chatting about the quarterback carousel that we could see just among the veterans um, across this offseason. He wrote a nice piece at outkick.com about just that. Right now, though, Aurora Nutriscience. Trusted partner that keeps us at Outkick 360 sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most. Your body. You're seeing VitalLifeScience.com, VitalLifeScience.com. That's where you can 
Check out more information. Our OutKick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick360. Look, t- typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. Most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, glutathione. That, that's just where it starts. There are so many more supplements to choose from at vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A-lifescience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalifescience.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up, Major League Baseball willing to shorten their season if they don't get a deal done with the Players Association. By Monday. Guess we'll, what? We'll discuss that. That ain't going to happen. We'll discuss that. Uh, the deal, you're saying, not the yeah, shortened the season. Oh, shortened season. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. Well, That's happening. coming up uh, in about 35 minutes. Right now, though, Outkick 360 rolls on with Trey Wallace of Outkick.com. He covers the SEC uh, from all angles at Outkick. Trey, hope you're doing well. Guys, uh, hope you all are well. Jonathan, great job the other night with the USFL stuff, man. That was fantastic. It was a lot of fun, and um, I think there are plenty of opportunities for uh, for OutKick to get involved with what they're doing there and and uh, really check out what's going to be a fun spring down in Birmingham. Birmingham's easy in the South to get to. You know, of all the SEC venues, and I know we're talking Tuscaloosa, Birmingham is pretty regional for everyone. Right, centrally uh, located, centrally located across, and, and it's an easy drive for the most part for everyone too with the interstate. So you have to join us next time, Trey. No, I look forward to it, man. I, I really do. It, it looked like you had a good time and a lot of behind the scenes stuff that was cool yeah. for the site. So well done, brother. Hey, you drew my attention with your piece at Outkick.com to uh, futures odds on SEC teams winning the national championship. And uh, I don't know about all this recruiting, but these guys constantly tell me how A&M is invincible based on all these people they brought in. <laughs> so at plus 3,000, I laid a couple dollars on, oh, uh, nice. on the, on the, on the freshman. <laughs> so uh, find a quarterback. that's going to pay off for me. Absolutely. According to, uh, are you on board? I mean, Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for throwing down the future bet like that. Uh, that's good. Um, I think if you look at the Aggies and if they get some, if they get some some good playmaking from some of these freshmen that they have brought in to to kind of help them a little bit, especially along the defensive line, uh, they they've got talent. They've got talent. The running back position. We're going to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback uh, next season. Is it Haynes King? Is is he the guy that's going to roll with this thing? But I think you know, you know, the Jimbo Fisher has to 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 make do. He has to make good on everything that he has laid down, foundation wise, in College Station. And now's the time for him to start competing for for college football playoff spots. And and I think when you look at the Aggies roster, up and down, yeah, they they lost some key players, especially at running back with Spiller. But yeah, I mean, I I think it will be interesting next year with A and M because. They don't need to take that step back. So I like that you're throwing out a future. Anything can happen in the SEC. I don't know about 22, uh, 22, 23, Trey, but 
The eyebrows were raised. Let's give some examples. Saban's against NIL. He's already winning recruiting. He doesn't need it. Jimbo Fisher, meanwhile, is using it to full advantages, and that's caught everyone's attention. And when Lane Kiffin is admitting that he can't win in the system because of what A&M can offer, you know you're on to something down in College Station. So while I'm not making the future bet with Paul, I'll make the futures bet that A&M is going to be a mover in the SEC. Uh, with And they've already had high expectations. But now Jimbo Fisher, last year, you know they were on a trajectory of downhill, and then they beat Bama. Right, early in the season, beat Bama, and that made their season. That was still that was the marquee game of the preseason. They lose their quarterback due to injury, and they still beat Alabama. Now it's you know the number one rated recruiting class in the history of all these rankings. What's next for them? Like, what's the if it's not this upcoming season? What type of college football playoff pressure is Fisher under there? It's it's crazy that you mentioned their last season because the quarterback that beat Alabama is now the quarterback at Auburn. We'll see if he's a starter in that Zach Calzada. Um, so, you know, I I look at Texas A&M overall, and, and I think, look, you know, over, in, in two years, you look at the class that they put together now, you look at the talent that they have on their roster, and I think they should be fighting for, for national championships. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's what Jimbo's building in, in college station. Now, the problem is, is if you run into, you know, if, if LSU picks up steam again, uh, Alabama's going to stay where they are. You know, what does Ole Miss do? Like the, Arkansas, the fight gets interesting for me in the SEC West because, you, you know, if you're dropping two games, you're pretty much out of the equation depending on how the rest of the country plays out. But I think with Texas A&M, and I think at the quarterback spot, the running back position, what they have at, at, at wide receiver, and then you add in, Jonathan, these players that they have brought in, uh, for this crazy recruiting class that they had, I think it'll have to start paying off. You know, maybe you can next year take the next step of what it would have been this year. You know, maybe if they'd had the starting quarterback the whole season and things didn't go crazy, even though they did beat Alabama, but then they dropped games like Mississippi State, right. teams they shouldn't lose to. So I think the future is bright. I think the expectations, though, in College Station are, hey, we need to start playing, you know, in the playoffs, be a factor come the month of November, um, and, and I would think, you know, you take that step next year, that next year in 2023 is when you have to really, you know, pay rent on everything that you've accomplished. So, Trey, Matt Luke at Georgia, stepping down to spend more time with family. Cody Burns, receiver coach at Tennessee, moving up to coach with the Saints. Are these two isolated stories for very different reasons? One maybe burnout, the other one looking for a chance to go to the NFL, or – is this a sign of the times that where college coaching is right now from a schedule standpoint is not going to be tenable for a number of coaches and they're going to be looking for any way out, whether it be the NFL or even a different profession? I think, Chad, I think you kind of hit on it. I don't know about different profession, maybe NFL. Um, you know, I've talked to numerous former SEC assistant coaches who have made that jump to the NFL. Life is a hell of a lot better. Um, I'm, I'm sure Paul can talk to this, Jonathan, y'all again. Um, these guys are getting off at, at, at six o'clock at night, uh, seven o'clock at night, not having to worry about, you know, 16 year olds to 18 year olds <laughs> and trying to get them on campus and talking to them till two o'clock in the morning. And then you factor in this NIL deal. Well, let's be honest, man. This is, this has changed college football so much and it's changed the jobs 
of the coaches as well. Because we know that coaches technically aren't supposed to be getting involved in NIL, but we also know that these recruits are calling all the time saying, hey, I heard this player is getting this much money. What can we do at this school? You know, it, 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 it all goes on. It's just above the table when it comes to outside influences. And, 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 and you know what's going on inside the college football coaches' offices. They're just not talking about it. So, you know, I, I look at it in a sense of it, it feels like it's changing a little bit when it comes to coaches and how they look at the calendar in college football. Because you try to find that break. You know, you try to find that break in February where you can take a week, week and a half off, and then you're back to the grind again because you're getting ready for spring practice, the dead period ends. And then, Chad, you look at the summertime, usually, you know, around July, coaches get that three-week break, you know, but a lot of the stuff that's happened in the last two years has caught up to a lot of these college football coaches where they didn't get that type of break because they were on the phone the whole time, even during the COVID mess, and, and, and kids couldn't come on campus, so they were FaceTiming and always having to deal with it. They never got a break, Chad. So I think that's the big thing when you look at the way the landscape of the, the game is changing right now is that, okay, if an opportunity presents itself to go to the NFL and you're dealing – here's the key thing that stood out to me. One person told me this. I am dealing with professionals now, guys that make millions of dollars that are coming on the field – doing what they have to do to get better, and then leaving. You're not having to put up with all the nonsense that you would in the college game with some players and, you know, some players not wanting to be out there, some players not being energetic. or so. You don't have to deal with that in the NFL because these guys are paid professionals. I think a change is coming in college football. I don't know how big that's going to be, but we've seen some examples recently. Well, and Trey, one one example of a change, I know Dabo Sweeney is all for this, a proposed change would be moving that early signing period from December up to July, say, you know, early, mid-July. That way, it, it really pins the coaches down on offers before their high school senior year even starts. So you got to be serious about offers at that point. And also, it eliminates some of the travel, some of the recruiting, not all of it, but some of it leading up to that sprint through a college football season simultaneously going to December for that first signing period. Do you think most coaches you talk to would be for that change? I think a couple of them would be, you know, and, and, and I'd have to get the full landscape of it. But it also, it, it, again, to your point, it takes out that September to November factor also where you're trying to hit the roads too on, on a Friday and trying to get out to high schools, wherever you're at. If you're at a road game, you know, um, trying to get out to the local towns there or trying to hit the recruiting trails, but also being at practice at the same time. There's so much that goes into it. And, and I agree with you, too, on the scholarships. Like, the scholarships have to make sense. The scholarship, the scholarships have to be committable. That's the thing to me. Because if you come back to July and you want a signing period then, okay, then you're set in stone whatever that kid does in his senior year. If you have him sign, that's what you're going with. You can't back off of it. You know, in the end, things happen, whatever. You can get out of scholarships if two sides agree to it. But you kind of get the point that I'm talking about, that you would have to go down that route and stick with it. I think when it comes to December, everything changes so much. And, you know, teams are holding off spots now until February or until after spring for the transfer portal. It all comes down to the numbers, Chad. And, and you know, that 85 that you get during that calendar academic year, 
uh, compared to where we're at right now. So, you know, I, I think change would be interesting to say the least. And I think a July period uh, would be something to maybe look at down the road. But my biggest thing is a lot of these players start coming on, you know, during their senior year. Maybe you get some surprises down the line. So how many numbers are you having to hold back if you change it up to July and wait till that February period if you get rid of the early signing period? So a lot of questions, but I, I agree. If you're trying to help out with the mental health of college coaches, you're trying to help out with recruiting in general, um, I, I think a move would be something nice to look at and just see what options are out there. Ray Wallace with us from Outkick.com. He covers the SEC. Um, let's look to the weekend. Uh, SEC basketball slate. Tennessee will be hosting Auburn. Auburn won by 13 last night against Ole Miss. Uh, Tennessee lost over the weekend, but won this week against Missouri. What's at stake for the Vols? What's going to be a, a great atmosphere? We know that. Uh, and number two, a great matchup across the country is number three meets number 17 in this matchup at Thompson Bowling Arena. You know, I just got off Bruce Pearl's Zoom press conference here just a minute ago, and he was talking about, you know, this is the best Tennessee team he's seen since 2019, which that team lost to Purdue um, in Louisville. Uh, Sweet 16. Crazy, yeah. I was crazy. there. Yep. It, I was there. It was nuts. I mean, yes. but, it, but I will say that was probably one of the best basketball games that I've been to before. Maybe the second one would be that Kentucky-Tennessee game uh, in Bridgestone that same year. Um, so, no, I, I – look. This game this weekend is, is is huge in a sense of look at the landscape of the SEC. It's going to be on full display. You've got Auburn, Tennessee, and Knoxville, which is going to be bonkers. The the atmosphere to be a sold out crowd. Auburn's bringing in a fantastic team. Tennessee's clicking at the right time, especially if they can get things going on offense, like you kind of saw the other night. I think the Arkansas game was just kind of an off trot. They split between Kentucky, Arkansas, so they were fine with that. But you look at this weekend, it's huge for Tennessee in a sense of, okay, where can we get when it comes to NCAA seeding? Because right now, Tennessee's getting a double bye. Tennessee's not losing three games. They're not having to worry about that to end the season. So right now, Tennessee's double bye and they're in um, for the tournament, SEC tournament. But I think overall, you know, and, and Bruce Pearl kind of mentioned this, he said Tennessee was a Final Four caliber basketball team. And this, has, this is a game with championship implications. And it is, because if Tennessee were to beat Auburn, that means technically they'd be tied with Kentucky. And I know Auburn holds that tiebreaker, but crazy things can happen towards the end of the season with three games left. So the, the atmosphere, pomp, circumstance, everything that you throw into it, Bruce Pearl returning um, again, you know, I, I think it all adds into a fantastic environment on Saturday for college football, I mean basketball, I'm sorry. And this is what we want out of the sport because we're getting right here. The SEC tournament starts in, I think we're right at two weeks from now. The SEC tournament's going to start, and then we're going right into March Madness. So you better be playing your best basketball here towards the end. And um, and by the way, you know, the other game, Kentucky-Arkansas, is just as big. Yeah. So the conference is going to be highlighted this weekend, guys. I read some of the Bruce Pearl quotes you you uh, you sent out from that teleconference, and he was very complimentary, and I don't, don't doubt he's complimentary. But when you tell me a team's the best version of itself since 2019, <laughs> presuming he's talking 18-19, well, that's three seasons, that's not a big compliment. Well, when you let, say since, you got to give me a time. Let, let, me, let me add to that because – Auburn's won six yeah. straight in the series. This was from Justin Hokinson. 
who covers, you may know him, right. Trey, covers Auburn. Yeah. In that six-game winning streak, get this, guys, Auburn has denied Tennessee an outright SEC title, a share of the SEC title, an SEC tournament title, and possibly an NCAA tournament appearance, if not for COVID, in the mm. last six meetings. Bruce Pearl has been a problem hey, daddy. for Tennessee <laughs> since going to Auburn. That is remarkable what Auburn has done to yeah. Tennessee's season in the last six games. And look, Rick Barnes has a number of coaches' numbers uh, in the SEC. Bruce Pearl's got Rick Barnes' number at this point. Well, you remember that? You remember the end of that 2020 season where, where Auburn had beaten Tennessee, but then we got to Nashville for the tournament and everything was shut down. Yep. So, you know, that was the crazy part, too. Look, this matchup, and, and I get Paul, trust me, I get your point. Like, yeah. how do you go back that number of years? Like, he could have said one of his elite eight teams, right. you know, that, that he had at Tennessee. It's the best Tennessee well, team I, since Wayne Chisholm, since I was coaching him right. back in the day. It's my team. It was my team that was the yeah. best. Um, but, but no, I, I, I get where he's coming from. Defensively, I actually do think this Tennessee basketball team is better uh, than that 2019 team with all the stars that they had. They just seem to lock down more on the guard position and whatnot. But, look, Bruce is, Bruce is doing a good thing for the conference by puffing up this game as much as possible because it deserves to be. Um, and, and if you look at Tennessee basketball over the last number of years, I agree with him. It's the best team since the 2019 team. You're not really saying much, but you're giving Tennessee a backhanded compliment, which I know they'll take. You know, one thing I like about this Tennessee team, Trey, is, and it, it seems small, but they go to Missouri and win by 20 in a game where there's no atmosphere, right? I mean, there's nothing Nobody. to give you energy in that arena. That's the sign of a well-led and well-coached team coming off a game where you couldn't hit anything and were terrible on offense, that you just go and take care of business, and there's no doubt uh, against a team that you should beat on the road. Um there are a lot of teams in college basketball that would love to have that level of consistently showing up and being ready for an opponent, even if your shots aren't falling. I, I agree completely. And honestly, they should have beaten Arkansas. Um, that, that's a game they let slip away. And Arkansas is a darn good team this year. Um, but the shooting, you know, they get in those shooting slumps. But you, but you look at this Tennessee squad and the way I agree with you, that Missouri, there might have been 2,000 fans in that arena. In a 15,000-seat arena, you know, Conzo Martin. The Conzone was electric on Tuesday yeah, night. Let me tell you, that was popping. He, he's got to be done at Missouri. God bless him, but he's got to be done at Missouri. Um, but, no, I agree. For them, this group seems to be able to hype each other up and, and play for each other and get together, and especially the way that they play offense and the way they play defense. You can get out to spurts like that, and, and it's, it's fun basketball to watch. Um, and Bruce Pearl talked about it too, talked about the three guards. Um, you know, when you're putting Chandler, Ziegler, and Vescovi on the court together, you're putting your best three players on the floor. Um, and that's something they're going to have a hard time to defend. And that's what has been fun watching Tennessee basketball this year, along with other teams in the conference, is having that sixth man and Ziegler being able to either A, to come off the bench or B, on the court with three guards at the same time. It makes it fun. They got a tough challenge this weekend. Stopping Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson. It's just going to be tough. Um, but we'll see. I've seen crazier things out of Tennessee and add about 21,000 people in there, make it a little crazy. Who knows what could happen? Trey, appreciate you, man. Great Thanks. work. Thanks, Trey. Trey Wallace. Guys, there. have a great weekend. Follow him on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. There's a report out on Aaron Rodgers and his timetable for when he could be informing Whoa, the Packers of a decision. News. That's next on Now Kick 360. It.
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Diana Rossini getting retweeted quite a bit today for her tweet about Aaron Rodgers. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Scroll down to make it official here. She says that Aaron Rodgers is going, this is according to league sources, Aaron Rodgers is going to inform the Packers of his decision soon. Her league sources. She goes on to say, I'm told there are multiple teams with offers on the table, but of course nothing can happen until the Green Bay Packers allow a trade. Well, the source that knows when Aaron Rodgers is going to tell them is Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' agent, maybe. Plus, he said it was going to be relatively soon, repeatedly. So that Before report, free agency. Yeah, that part of the report doesn't do much for me. But that, the fact that they've got you know, calls lined up is, is interesting. I, I think we would have presumed that, but it's good to know for sure. And I, w- I would think if you're interested in Aaron Rodgers, you got to be proactive. And, and this is much like uh, who were we talking about earlier, Deshaun Watson. You call them and say, hey. Uh, and you could be a little bit more proactive here because they're, you're not waiting on court proceedings. Uh, there's, no, no, there's no obstacle between you and a deal. You could do a deal right now and say effective March 16th. So you, you call them and you get in line and you can also make an initial offer here. Like say, if you come to the point where you're trading Aaron Rodgers, here, here's my initial offer. I wonder if there's a deal on the table, these offers that they've seen, that is so good. Intriguing. The Packers are sitting back and thinking, we really want Aaron Rodgers to say that he's fully committed, wants to be a Packer, will franchise Devontae Adams, whatever needs to be done, and make another run at it. But if he's unhappy and wants out, it's a pretty good consolation prize. If there's an offer they've seen that they're saying, we're okay with this option. If he comes back and says, I still want out, trade me. Because there's something so good that's been packaged together, they're saying, we can live with this. It usually doesn't. It sounds crazy that the Packers would have an option of not having Aaron Rodgers in their team that would be okay for them, but maybe there's something that's so good that they'd be all right with it. It's possible somebody comes in there, though usually there's a little bit of haggling, right? Well, I thought the timing of... of Green Bay saying that they never agreed to the trade stipulation was interesting. Yeah, who was it that wrote? Uh, was it Florio who wrote? They may have pissed him off all over again by saying they didn't agree to the trade thing when, they he, sa- when he says they agreed to the trade But they would thing. have known they were going to do that by saying it because yeah. they, they knew what they went through last offseason and they said it anyway and so got it out there. So they must have been pretty so sure. I, I found it intriguing, the timing, because, I mean, we're up, when I say we, the league is about to go into trade and free agency mode at the combine, where you're going to, you know, mix and mingle and discuss some business outside of just watching and timing these guys. That's where you pick up on these phone calls. Yes. Um, and I also wonder, and I, I don't know the, the, the legalities. I know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know if it can be out front. Can Rodgers know which teams have called? Can the teams let the agent know that they've called about him? Is that tampering? I don't think so if you're talking to your own guy. So, like, if Rodgers knows that, hypothetically, Denver is one of those teams. And, he, again, he would know anyway behind the scenes. I think those teams would call his know. agent. 
Yeah. Uh, behind but, the scenes. So right? you can call anyone's agent and let them know. Hey, by the way, we're interested in Rodgers if they – like, I don't know if they can put that out there I think, on the record. I think that – you know, a tampering doesn't apply to talking to a guy's agent. You know, it's not a team talking to them. So I think you can talk to guys' agents, but, you know, it's taboo probably. Yeah. Because you're messing with another just, pl- another team's player. But all these conversations happen in whispered tones, no right? No doubt. No doubt. But, like – Normally, so you, he'll know. Normally, you have the team that the player is is signed to allow that player to go seek We're a trade. We're not there yet, and it's out there, and and that's where they, that's when they go out and seek the trade. This hasn't happened, and that could happen when he this soon happens. If he decides he wants to seek a trade, then they would have to give him permission for him to go seek the trade, as opposed to them. You know, it could happen simultaneously. We're looking at it. You're looking at it. We're all looking at it to find what's best for everybody. I am not even privately rooting for him to come in and say, I want to get traded just for all hell to break loose <laughs> when that happens. That will be such an amazing story to follow. He says, I'm out, trade me, and let's speculate. You're going to be disappointed. Um, we're also going to be disappointed about Major League Baseball. Are they really going to let it get to this point? The answer's unfortunately yes. Major League Baseball and the lockout. Shortening seasons and much more. We discuss it next.